Hello, I'm Michael Brodeur, and welcome to Leaders Alliance. We are a global community of kingdom-minded leaders who are passionate about helping you become the world-changing leader that God created you to be. Join the conversation. We want to welcome you this afternoon to our leadership podcast. Uh, I'm Steve Fish, and I'm here on behalf of Michael Brodeur. And we are going to have a great time today. Uh, I've been having some great conversations this week with Chris Stevens, who's about to join us. Chris is a pastor in Ohio and has such a powerful story of how he's come through transitions, uh, even how his church has prospered in the midst of COVID. And uh, I just want to I want to pray right here from the start. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing today. We thank you for your presence. I thank you for those that you are drawing to this podcast right now. Lord, I thank you for Chris and the story and the testimony that he has, Lord, and the empowerment that's going to take place today. I thank you for the revelation that is going to take place that we are not here to go through the motions of a podcast today, but we are here to get revelation from you, Lord, to be strengthened and encouraged and to be given tools and keys that will release transformation and bring the kingdom on the earth. And so, Father, I thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and uh, let's get... Uh, Chris on here. And uh, Chris, welcome. Well, thank you. Good to see you, my friend. And uh, I've just uh, had a, a great chat already this week with Chris and got to connect with Chris and talk with he and his wife, Laura. Uh, you guys are in the amazing state of Ohio. And you have four kids. And four grandkids. Is that right? Tell us about your family and just some of where you are. Yeah. So we have uh, four kids, so 34, 31, 20, and 18. So we're kind of all over the place. And uh, four grandkids, ages uh, 14 down to one. So yeah, big That's family. That's awesome, Chris. Yeah. And so where are where are you in Ohio? Yeah, we're located in the Columbus, Ohio area, and our church is Northgate. And uh, so my wife, Laura, and I, we lead that. And so amazing journey. Yeah, tell us tell us some of your journey, Chris. I, I just, I love your story. And uh, would you just kind of launch in and tell us some of those things that you guys have walked through getting to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So my story is, um, I grew up kind of in the Jesus People Movement. And, uh, you know, during that time, people were looking for Jesus and um, my parents had caught a hold of something. And so as kids, I just remember people would come to our house and have meetings in our living room and mom and dad would share Jesus with them. And I can remember even times of like uh, all night prayer meetings and being, you know, five and six years old. And, and I, I hung in there pretty good. But in that, I, I learned to hear the, the voice of God and, and felt a call in my life. And so as time went on, people kept coming and it kind of developed into a church. And uh, it was interesting because there were two churches kind of out of that Jesus people movement in our community. We were one. And at one point, our church 
lost the lease on the building and the other church kind of said we could use their facility. And I would say that they were the the hippies out of the Jesus people movement. And <laughs> we had a little more structure, but our leaders got together and realized like we have the same heart, same passion. We believe the same thing and just felt that we're supposed to merge. And so my parents' church was house of prayer and their church was living word. And so it's like God brought the, the prayer movement and the word together. But uh, interestingly enough, Laura went to that church. She she probably started going there when she's 13. And so I, I feel like the Lord merged the church just so that we could meet and uh, develop a relationship. And uh, we got married pretty young. And uh, But I felt a call a God on my life um, and was planning on going to Bible school to be a youth pastor. And uh, my, my wife and I, we ended up getting pregnant that summer. And life took a, a different turn. And so we got married. I ended up working for Nationwide Insurance for about 10 years. And it felt like the dream was dead. The call was dead. But looking back, um, I feel like I gained so much more. The Lord was able to, to train me so much better um, working for that company than going to Bible school. And in that time and season, he, he really gripped our hearts. And, and the church asked us to start leading the youth. And uh, so we started doing that and it kind of grew. And at some point, the church asked us to come on time uh, onto full time staff. And that was a, a big leap for us. And we served in that capacity and then eventually was asked to be the, the associate pastor. And so I ended up sitting second chair um, for quite a few years. And it, it just gives you such a unique perspective and an opportunity to grow. But it also gives you an opportunity to kind of become critical and feel like it's it's your time to lead, uh, even prematurely, and to start to feel that you can do it better. And so I did have a, a, a moment where I feel like pride rose up in me, and yet God is so amazing with us that he humbled me in that season, and uh, I'm thankful that he did. And so it allowed me to kind of keep growing. And so the church grew. We saw amazing things. Um, I remember my parents taking us to Toronto and just being touched by God and the group that went, we brought it back and others caught a fresh revelation of the father's love. And so the church kind of grew. And then we also went through a tough season, like, like a lot of places do. And during that season, just felt like things were unraveling and relationships were getting hurt. And uh, just as it does sometimes, and you know, the Lord wouldn't let us close the church or leave. Um, I think it's because he had a, a, a work for this church to do. And so we stayed and remained, but it was difficult and felt like we were just dry and desperate. But it took us through a, a time and a season of discovery, getting healthy again, coming alive. And he brought some people into our path and uh, different places into our path to kind of help with that. And through that process, we, we felt like we were able to just kind of bring um, some some health and healing and hope back in the environment. And, you know, when we talk about transition, transition is so important in leadership, no matter what we're leading, you know, that, that if we really have a kingdom perspective, it's that it's generational and we're, we're passing things off and we want generations to go farther than us. And so I'm, I'm thankful to have the parents that I had and that I have. And um, dad always said that their dream was to be the launching pad for the next generation so that they could take things farther. 
And so I think with that heart, and he had always shared that, you know, the plan, the prophetic words were that we would be the next leaders. We just didn't know when. And so when we started kind of coming alive again, we, we started feeling a real push that the time was now. And it led to some great conf- conversations and, and confirmations with them. And, and basically, dad came back and said, you know, I, I feel like you're right. And the time is now. And let's, let's tell the people and transition here in about a month. And, and so the truth is that we had already been doing a lot of the leading for the previous year or so. And so I think it allowed for a natural transition that people could already see what was on our life and what we were doing and bringing. Um, That's so good, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Let's just hit on that moment about the transition. And it sounds like you guys had a, had a pretty organic process in this transition for him to be able to come and say, Hey, I feel like (laughs) in a month or so, um, was that just a, a gradual thing then of your beginning to take more responsibility? How did, how did that play out? I think it had been happening for a long time. I think they were intentional. Um, and then certainly uh, about a year before then, um, I remember him just kind of saying, just, you guys have a green light, you know, you have a green light. So I think we were coming with, with ideas and things and, and he could have taken that with, uh, that we were being critical and I, but, but we weren't, uh, but he, he didn't either. And so he looked at it as opportunity, gave us a green light to just start leading. And I think that's important in transition that you allow those that are coming up to, to actually begin leading with some real authority and, and to empower them to make decisions. Even if, you know, it's not the same decision or the way that you would do something. And so that can be a tough, uh, tough adjustment. Yeah. Wow. That's so good, Chris. So that was about eight years ago. Is that that you guys, you guys really took, took the senior leader role? Yeah. And yeah, uh, eight years ago, man, that is so, so powerful. Well, what are some of the things that you're, you're seeing now, you know, that are beginning to birth out of this that you're seeing emerge in the church in this season? How, I mean, even how did you guys navigate these last two years? How did that work for you? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that we did is we started when we first took over, we, we created culture. And um, and so if we want to be multi-generational, I think we had to demonstrate that, right? I think leadership is demonstrating first. It's not just telling others what to do. You have to actually model it. And so I think with that transition with mom and dad, we didn't just talk about being multi-generational. We demonstrated it to people. And so they didn't have to leave in the transition. They've stayed. Um, they've been our biggest champions. They champion others so well. They've become the grandparents in the house. But that that set the tone for the rest of the environment. And so we just we started by creating culture. We went to the, the words over the house, like who God said uh, we're supposed to be and what it's supposed to look like and just leaning into those things creating a healthy culture of family, freedom, joy, honor, all those things. And from culture, I think um, leadership uh, is developed and I think uh, structures and ministries are developed. And so we just created culture. That's what we focused on the first few years, honestly. And who are we? And it takes a while for people to get that and to become ingrained. And you can't just teach it. You have to model it, demonstrate it. 
And uh, so from that, though, we've seen just a lot of growth and the Lord has added uh, to our numbers a lot. And he's brought a lot of really amazing big people that are doing really big things, even outside the church and really leading in the community. And so that's actually been exciting. That's a big part of our heart and dream is just to empower people mm-hmm. and, and to empower them outside the church. I think the church is a great incubator. It's a great learning, growing place. But we're called to do the work of the ministry, every one of us, and it's outside. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. What are some of the ways that you are finding success and in, in helping people get outside? You know, yeah. and, and we've talked about revival leading to reformation. And I know that's so much the heart of, of Leadership Alliance, that, that we're here to bring radical kingdom transformation on the earth to see the kingdom uh, what are some of the ways that that you guys are that you are launching out and, and touching your city and your region yeah well i think again it 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 gives it starts by vision right so uh yeah. you know we talk about the kingdom a lot and and i think that's part of the challenge for the church is that at some point the church kind of uh transitioned into a gospel of salvation but Jesus emphasized the gospel of the kingdom. And when we understand that, there's a thread in the Bible where Genesis 1 and 2, we see creation, original mandate to expand, increase, to rule and have influence. And if we were to flash forward to the very end in Revelation 21 and 22, we see the restoration of a garden. We see the tree wow. of life, the river flowing from it. It's this interesting parallel, but it also says that the leaves are for the healing of the nations. And so I think like how we believe, even our our theology and even our eschatology. And so I feel like the church has just been waiting for Jesus to come back. Um, Our hope and expectation is, is more that things will get worse than it has an opportunity to get better. And in doing that, we've, we've actually abandoned our, our mandate to increase, to have influence, to be connected. And so I think when this emphasis shifted from the gospel of the kingdom to the gospel of salvation, um, it became more about getting saved and waiting to to go to heaven rather than now I have a mission. I think salvation is just the beginning place. So that's been a, a big part of what we've done is just help shift that mindset. And then I think it's also building apostolic structures the, the church, especially in the West, has been built on a pastoral model. And we, from day one, just kind of said, this is ridiculous. Like, we, we've created this monster that, you know, everybody expects the pastor to be uh, just excellent at everything. You know, you're great at finances and counseling, and you're, you're a great orator and uh, a theologian. And it's just nonsense. He gave us the fivefold to equip the body of Christ. And that just takes the yeah, pressure off. So good. And it frees people up, and then then they can have a vision for something bigger. Wow, that's so good, Chris. Man, just that that sh- mindset shift, you know. I and I'm just so thankful for the revelation that the Lord is giving in this season. Uh, that you know this pastoral structure and model that we have is is really something that's primarily cultural. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than it is biblical. You know, I started looking at this, like, where is this person who's supposed to do everything and know everything? And you get, you don't find it in the, in the new Testament. Yeah. 
And I, I'm just so thankful for the shift that we're making from this pastoral mindset that we've got to keep everybody comfortable. Uh, we've got to fix everything. Uh, we've got to just run and try to meet, you know, every need as, as a pastor instead of really building yeah. and launching out and empowering every person as a minister. Um, what are what are some of the ways that you guys are? What do you see the Lord on as far as empowerment right now? What are some things? What are some of these? You, you talked about the apostolic. What are some apostolic? structures you feel like that you guys are are seeing bring some help and some wineskins to really see the church bring that reformation and touch touch the city yeah so i think we would all agree like that if we understand apostolic structure it's not to keep everybody happy it's to develop people and so one of the things that we did was we started investing in in people in the development of people and probably even um, hiring ahead of the curve. And so we, we brought in people that could really um, find people that are, are ready to be developed, to really lean into them, create relationship, um, but to grow them, grow their capacity. And that's so that they can carry the weight. You know, there's a weightiness to the call of God on our life. And the same thing that he does with us, he builds uh, intentionally with us, adding weight, so that we won't be crushed by our call and our destiny. And so we've done that. And it's led to um, casting that vision for people to get outside the four walls. And that if Christ is living in you, the hope of glory, it means we have the answer and solution to every problem that we're facing. Come and that's on. why it's so important that people understand what the kingdom is, where the kingdom is, and how the kingdom operates. And the kingdom is within every one of us. And so yes. we get to carry that wherever we go. And so um, obviously over the last two years, um, I think anything that can be shaken has been shaken. And we see kind of the systems of the world. And, and what we see is void of the kingdom. It's a mess. And what we end up with is man's uh, ideas and solutions to man's problems will continue to perpetuate man's problems. And so only the kingdom solution will come and bring, you know, true uh, restoration, reformation. And so I think that's this, this wave that we're on of, of people kind of awakening to that idea. And so last year really felt like the Lord gave me a, a strategy. And it was something called Metron Solutions. Okay. And I know it's a weird word. We don't use it very often. But Paul uses that word in the New Testament. He says that every believer has a metron. It has a sphere of influence, a measure of rule. Uh, we have a measure of faith, we have a measure of gifting, and a measure of influence. And then he also says with the fivefold that the purpose is to bring unity. We're going to have that until there's unity and until there's the we meet the full measure of Christ, the full yeah. metron of Christ. And so um, we created Metron Solutions, and, and basically it's to mobilize transformation, to mobilize reformation in our cities, in our regions, and in our nations that the church would awaken and arise to begin to have hope again and to get outside the four walls to bring the kingdom to every sphere of influence. And so we've been doing that. We're, we're mo modeling that right now. And there's a lot of ways that we want to do that. Um, obviously educating other churches, helping them come into the kingdom mindset. Um, but one of the ways is through collaboration. 
I feel like we're living in an interesting time because I've never seen in history where we have so many people in the church that have been trained to hear the voice of God, been trained in the prophetic. Uh, there's never been a time in our history we've had so many people uh, that have gone to schools of ministry, schools of supernatural ministry. Uh, those are everywhere now to actually train and equip the people. There's never been a time in history when people have been so in tune with uh, their identity and their destiny and the passion for the Lord. And what that tells me is like the earth is ripe. The earth has been groaning, right, yes. for the revelation of the sons and daughters. And I think that's the time we're in. So we have to have yes. hope again. And then we have to actually do something. And I do believe that one can make a difference, right? We know one can chase a thousand, but two, 10,000. There's this exponential quality that happens. It's a kingdom principle. When we get together, Jesus prayed for our unity. Paul said that the fivefold is, is going to be there until we come to the unity of Christ. And there's something about us coming together, working together to bring the kingdom to our city. And so one can make a difference. But when we start to work together, we actually have the ability to bring transformation to our city, to our region, and to our nation. And so through that collaboration, God gave me a strategy called collabs. And in collabs, we bring people together around this idea that we want to go out and make a difference. And I would say, if, if nothing else for the last two years, I think people are frustrated. People realize that like there's a lot of issues and like we have to re-engage. We have to come awake yes. and alive and re-engage in every area. You see it in schools and business and government and every area, the family. It's time to re-engage, but they don't know what to do, who to do it with, and who to partner with. So Collabs gathers people. We, we do a teaching, a training on leadership or the kingdom, because again, for them to be effective and influential, they have to know who they are, who the kingdom is, um, how it operates. And so we teach them, and then they break into groups around their sphere of influence, their metron. And so we have a group on with government, family, education, media, arts, uh, religion, and they, they meet in these groups. And we've, we've taken them through a guided process. We meet once a month, and we're, we're teaching them to partner with the Holy Spirit and with each other, to collaborate wow. with each other. And so we're, we're asking the Holy Spirit, first of all, give us a vision for our region. Who, what, what are you saying over our region, our city? Give us that picture. That's the starting place, right? And then okay. if the kingdom were to invade these spheres, what would they look like? And then show us the root of the issues in our sphere. And then we need kingdom solutions. What, what do you say would work to bring the kingdom and, and a, a, a solution to those issues? And so we, we do that. They partner together. They share ideas. They share resources. And what's done is created kind of relationships and, and networking around those common passions. And we've seen that increase. But we're also praying for our city like never before through the eyes of hope. And then the last piece that we do on that day is we do something called cross-pollination where we bring all the groups back together and we talk about what the Holy Spirit was revealing in those different areas. Because just like us as individuals and working together, the same thing with the spheres. Uh, any of the spheres are not um, an island by themselves. They, they actually need to work together. And so let's say it's the education group they are actually partnering with family and government to bring education. And so those groups need to know kind of what's happening, what the Lord's saying. And inevitably, 
they're able to also resource those solutions. So we've been modeling this and uh, it's just interesting. And so we have you know people that are going outside the four walls doing some pretty amazing stuff right now. And, and a lot of churches and, and places are saying, what is it you guys are doing? Because you know we are, it's like our people are itching to do something. We just don't know what to do. Wow, that is so good, Chris. You know, so much of the church right now that people are just they're they're frustrated. We all sense the need for change, and mm -hmm. there's even just anger, like you know, <laughs> and and I think a lot of that is coming from the fact that we we feel powerless at time, you know, to make the level of change that we see is needed right now in the world. And I I just I love what you guys have developed uh, these collabs and the way that you're beginning to get get people together and um, I would love do you have any could you share any specific testimony of something you've seen in a certain area through this model that you're starting yes yeah, so it's interesting um you know so I think as people catch that and they start taking the kingdom out, because, you know, I think right now it, it, it feels big. It feels overwhelming. Right. And I think there's something, though, powerful when we start working together. I don't feel alone. I don't feel isolated. I don't feel like it's all on me. And we say that we're building individually together. So we may not all be doing the same thing. It's not to create some big project or big event, although that could happen, too. Um, it's more about what God's calling me to do and my sphere of influence. So, uh, you know, I might have favor in education, but maybe my favor isn't in education overall. It's in a specific school district. So I learned to get engaged. We've had some stories. Um, one lady, she leads our pregnancy resource center locally, and she was asked to, to take over and she got the principles of the kingdom and she's partnered with some others. She, she takes over and she starts bringing the culture of the kingdom in there. And what ends up, the shift is, it's no longer just about abortion, about saving babies. It's about seeing the whole person. It's about seeing their value and worth. It's about treating them that way. It's about um, building a relationship and loving them. Um, so yes, it's about saving a baby, but it's so much bigger. And she's been doing this two years. And I went to their fundraising banquet recently. And it was so interesting to hear the stories coming from their clients. And what they started saying was, you guys became my family because you loved wow. me and, and there was no judgment. And then, you know, I wanted to keep my baby, but not just keep my baby. I started to realize, like, I'm valuable. I have things that I want to do. And so you guys taught me how to be a, a mom, a good mom. You taught me how to be a woman. And you taught me that I have things to do. I I have these kids to raise. I want to I want to elevate myself. I want to invest in myself and you invested in me. And it's just changed the whole culture and you realize like you change one person, you can change generations. And so she caught that. We have um, another group that goes out and they're working to rescue people in sex trafficking. And they had a creative idea and they decided we're going to go into the strip clubs. And we're just going to go and we're going to bring them gifts. We're going to love on them. And you would think that that would be rejected, that they'd be met by security at the door. Uh, but they welcomed them in. They went and loved on those girls um, and ended up having the opportunity to pray over them, 
speak life into them. And it was so amazing because they tell these stories and these girls will actually feel the presence of God yeah. and they'll be blown away and they'll be telling their friend, you got to come in here and get some of this. Like, this is amazing. They're telling the security guard, you have to come in and let them pray for you. And they bring gifts. They love them. There's no judgment. And you would think management wouldn't love it. Management will call them and thank them. Thank you so much for coming in and loving on our girls. You're making their life better. Matter of fact, will you please come back? Matter of fact, I have friends that, that own clubs. Will you go? Uh, they want you to come in too. This is the kingdom at work, right? And when we so work together, we can accomplish so much more. So again, I know the enemy wants us to think that we're divided, we're, we're by ourselves, that it's too big. But there's something about doing stuff together, collaborating together, that is so powerful. That's so good, Chris. We we had some teams that were going into strip clubs in our city, and they were doing the same thing. They were going in, prophesying, taking flowers, just really just sharing the love of the Lord. And we found that it was like they actually began to pastor those people. Like when someone in the strip club got in trouble, they would actually call, you know, our team that was going in and they began to, and we saw people come to the Lord yeah, through reaching out like that. Um, I, I love the way that, you know, you're taking this, we've had the idea for a long time that we're all ministers in the kingdom, but a greater impact, much greater empowerment takes place when we collaborate. And that to me, you know, as I'm listening to what you're sharing and I'm like looking at the structures we have, I'm feeling like, you know, we've got to find ways in this season to collaborate more. Um, we need each other. Something happens when you get that group of people and I, I together, and I just love the way you're doing it, that you're starting with overall vision and then you're, you're breaking into your groups. And, and then you mentioned even that you come back after all together and kind of process ideas. Is that kind of how you end your, when you have your monthly gathering? Yeah. Yeah. So we, That's you know, we so come back good. together just to share. And so again, I, I think if we realize like we're building his kingdom, not our own, I, I think that's how the church has typically operated. We're building our own kingdom, but when we're building his kingdom, he's the resource or it shifts our thinking. And so there's no lack. And, you know, so we start to share resources. We share connections and contacts. Um, and I think that changes everything. And so when we hear so what somebody good. else is building, we can champion yes. them. We can say, let me come alongside you. I don't have to do what you're doing, but I might have a connection, a contact. I might have finances I can pour into that. And we start to realize like we have government connections and business connections and education connections that we, we can share. And it starts to spill outside of your fall four walls into government leaders. They start to hear, and that's what we're experiencing. I'm being contacted by government leaders going, hey, we've been hearing what you guys are doing. We want to learn more. And I think it's going to create outside partnerships. And I think ultimately, the same as we start collaborating within a church, how much better if churches could start to come together to do this, to collaborate? We really could yes. change the city. We, we start laying down our own agenda.
and what we're yes. building and we start building what he's building. That's where wow. we have the real impact. I love that, Chris. One of my dreams is I feel like churches in many ways are like individuals and in that different churches have different gifts. You know, the, the churches in a city are not called to all be the same. Right. But, and so I want to, I want to find what that is and help the churches in my city link together. And I love it when, you know, just you mentioned having that, that we're here to build the kingdom. You know, sometimes I think we've, we've wanted to build our church, our church kingdom right. rather than be a kingdom church. And so, uh, you know, we've, we've done a lot of things to try to just say, Hey, like, you know, we take offerings for other churches. Um, and, you know, just, we've had incredible things happen. We've surprised churches. One, uh, one Sunday we took an offering for a church that was primarily an African-American church. And my friend was pastoring and they needed money for their school. And mm. so we took up an $8,000 offering and we finished finished our worship service, got in our cars, drove to his church. He didn't know we were coming. And we showed up and we opened the back doors of the church, walked in and he said, Steve, what are you doing here? <laughs> and, and I walked up and uh, took him a check for $8,000. And he said, wow. you can interrupt my church anytime <laughs> you want. <laughs> uh. But you know, the kingdom is so much fun. And our people, when they see that, they they know there is something so right about this. Um, yeah. We've been bringing in teams from other church staffs mm. and just spending a morning ministering to them. We do this ministry where we have like about six different stations. We have a healing station, a dream station, a prophetic station, and and so we just pour into another church's staff for several hours and then have lunch together. Mm. And uh, our one, what it does in knitting the churches together is amazing. Um, but we've had pastors to say that was a, like their staff has not been the same since, since we did that. And it, it's just so exciting to live on a day when where the church is ripe and ready to do the things that you're describing and and hungry for transformation and our world is is begging for it they're like we yeah. know the answer is not found you know in government and all these different like the answer and we have the answers and and this is a time for us to be rising up and uh, so you have do you have you have a website you've mentioned uh, yeah. to me and what is that website that you have about yeah, it's, it's metronsolutions.com and we've okay. got some information on collabs there as well and again our hope and goal is just to be a resource um, we're not saying that this is the only solution the only way um, I really believe like we're living in one of the greatest times and seasons of creative ideas of creativity of yes of new inventions and i think we're primed for that and i even see that there's a there's a hungering in the rest of the world for that um i've never seen a, a time period where we have so many entrepreneur uh centers created in cities to 
to help people develop their, that skill, to develop the idea that's on their heart. Um, it's so kingdom, whether they realize it or not, it is kingdom because they, they end up being resource center uh, and shared idea, shared resource. And so it just feels like everything is primed right now for the church to awaken, rise and get busy. So again, if we can do anything to kind of resource people, uh, help with this idea, I think the idea is scalable. Uh, but also for somebody to take it and kind of make it work in their own environment. You know your own culture. And uh, so, yeah, if we can help, we're, we're available. Man, I, I love that, Chris. And I do think what what you're doing is going to just spark ideas. And, and like you're saying, people can take what you've shared and just mold it to what to what works in their in their culture. So, man, that is so good. Well, I love just, Chris, what you bring as far as even this season that we're in, the potential that's here. And one of the things you shared with me is that your church has really prospered in this whole season of the last two years. Can you just share a few keys that have helped you guys that you feel like has really helped you to prosper in such a a strange time, but in, in a time of what I've told our church is this is the greatest time of opportunity ever. Yeah. And that the Lord actually could have placed us at any time in history. And I believe he looked and he said, okay, there's Chris. <laughs> I want to put him in 2022, <laughs> you know, and then he made us ready for that. Yeah. What, what has helped you guys navigate this season so well? Yeah, I mean, obviously so much upheaval, uh, political upheaval, um, fear, isolation, you know, just so many things that we've all experienced. Um, but I think from day one, uh, for us, you know, what came to some of the political upheaval, we were teaching our people that you are a member of the kingdom. You're, you're more a member and an ambassador of the kingdom than you are uh, your citizenship with your, your nation or your political affiliation or anything like that. You are kingdom. So good. So we started, we did a whole series on what the kingdom is like. Because again, if they don't know what it's like and how it functions, they're not going to be able to replicate that. And so that was key during that time. I think it was also um, um, courageous leadership. Regardless of what someone is saying or uh, the fear of man or the fear that if I don't go along with the norm, um, I'm going to be criticized. I'm going to be, I think we have to be, when you're a leader, you have to be courageous. You're going to have to make decisions that not everybody's going to like, not everybody's going to understand. And so we were teaching our people, be led by the spirit. We don't know what's going on. We know what they're saying. I, you know, but the spirit does not, none of this has caught the Holy spirit off guard. So be led by the spirit. Um, I'm not going to be the Holy spirit for you and tell you what you should do. Shouldn't do you listen to the Holy spirit and be responsible that way. And we're going to honor one another. You know, if somebody else is not in that place and they feel, you know, just honor and love. And what it did is it, it's created a, an environment of freedom and an environment of honor and an, an environment of joy. And so wow. it, it kind of at times it, it was kind of it would hit you in the face because we'd, we'd walk out and you'd go someplace and go, oh, I forgot what was out here. You know, it was just so contrary, but it became so attractive and so over the two years, we actually doubled. Um, and so, so it's, it's been, 
challenging, but I really feel like the Lord had prepared us. Matter of fact, right before this season, um, I felt like the Lord told us to prepare for more. So we did a campaign uh, called Making Room for More, and we were raising funds. We had some things we were going to do. And so when COVID hit and they were shutting things down, I, I just said, you know, God's not double-minded. He knew what was coming, and so we're moving forward. And it felt wow. it felt uncertain, like Come you on. didn't know like if the economies were going to crash or what. But we just made the decision right out of the gate. God is not double-minded. He told us what to do. We're moving forward regardless of what else is happening and, you know, the, the the funds that came in, the amount of people that came, it, it's been really amazing. So when people approach me and say, hey, how are you guys doing, you know, through, you know, COVID, it's like, it's been amazing. And wow. um, we've just seen people rise up. And um, again, not, not that everything's perfect, but it's been an incredible season. Man, that's so good, Chris. I so appreciate that about bold leadership and uh, this is you know definitely been a time where uh whatever you did <laughs> right if somebody was not gonna like it and uh, this is this is our time we yeah. were born for such a time as this and you mentioned um just a, a few minutes ago you mentioned you you taught your people this is what the kingdom is like can can you just elaborate a little bit on that for me? What are some yeah. of the things that you taught your people the kingdom is like? Well, he, he's obviously the king. It's it's his okay. dominion, his rule. But, you know, we get glimpses in the scripture. And obviously, you know, it's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, right? And so I think yeah. we can we can look for uh, where the, the fruit of things are. We're weighing everything by its fruit. And we learn to do that. Like, I think that's really key for us. We can, we can go, God, is, is the kingdom here? Is it present? Is it evident? Is there fruit of that? And so we can go, is there, is there righteousness? Do we see peace? Do we see joy? Uh, he's all about freedom, right? And so yeah. we, we learn what the kingdom is, what it looks like, and then how it operates. And the scripture is so full of, you know, how we're to treat one another, how we deal with offense. And these are the principles of the kingdom. And when we learn how to operate and navigate, it becomes really clear when it's not present. And that gives us the answer. We just bring the opposite, right? So when fear is present, present, we can respond in love and it dispels fear. And just teaching our people uh, to do that. And then again, be courageous and bold. So good. Wow. Come on. This is what the kingdom is like. Wow. Well, I, I love that, Chris, and uh, I love just uh, how you have empowered, you know, even what you're doing in these labs, the way that you're empowering people. Um, what are some of the things that have helped you move into a more empowering culture? You know, how do you, how do you walk with leaders? You see somebody, you feel like there's potential what are some of the keys that you've learned that have made you a more empowering leader? I think, first of all, if we understand, again, it's not my church or my organization, right? I'm being a good steward. Um, it puts me in the right framework. And if I understand my goal and my role is to raise up people to do the work of ministry, that means that there's probably going to be a lot of people in the environment that are way bigger than I am. 
They're, they're way more experienced. They carry more. They're gifting their ability. I don't have to be the biggest person in the environment, wow. um, but I can okay. be the biggest champion. And so it's mm-hmm. seeing what people carry, seeing the potential in their life, seeing their gifting, um, seeing through the muck sometimes and seeing what is necessary. And then I think taking the time to develop them, speaking life over them, um, speaking even what we see the call on their life, I think encourages people to to rise up and then giving opportunity. And so again, I, I don't have to be the biggest person, the biggest voice. Um, I don't wanna be the only, we, we've been intentional not to build everything around us. Um, yes. And, and I think people start to see that. And then we teach them to value the differences. You know, unity isn't that we all look and sound alike. And I'd say the, the broader body of Christ, but also in an individual church, we're all members of a body. And we need the different pieces and parts. And so we've been teaching and training our people to honor each other, but also value who they are and what they carry, that each person is a gift. And so, again, we do this inside and outside the church, right? The kingdom works everywhere. And so it's just, I think a lot of this is how, how you lead your people. Um, this, this is leadership 101, right? Uh, yeah, creating yeah. culture, creating vision, and empowering people goes a long way. And it's attractive. People, people want to be empowered. They want to be developed. And they want to be used by God to do something. Wow. That is so good, Chris. Well, I want to have you uh, in, in just a moment here pray for us and just pray for us as leaders, um, even to pray, you know, for greater boldness and just vision to really raise the level of empowerment so that as leaders, we're, we're a part of this season of moving from revival into that reformation time. And is there anything you just would want to close out and saying to us today, Chris? Yeah, I think good leaders um, have a heart to serve. Um, yeah. They they have a growth mindset to continue growing, uh, to be vulnerable and transparent. Um, I think to not just say things, but to model it. I, I don't I don't claim to to do all these things and do it perfect. I'm not saying our environment's perfect, but there's enough health that it continues to grow, and um, and I still have a lot of growing to do. Nothing we're doing is perfect. Um, and so we, we value the input input and feedback. Matter of fact, we've kind of created a, a culture where people crave feedback and they know to expect it. Like this is a place where you're going to be developed. And, and the only way we can do that is to give honest feedback. And sometimes that takes some teaching uh, because people are uncomfortable giving it and then people are uncomfortable receiving it. But when they know that you love them, that you see the potential and value on their life, that you're not just using them to build your business, your ministry, but you actually want to see them thrive and prosper. They begin to trust you and value your input. And then I think asking if you can give input, not just yeah. giving it carelessly, but you're, you're inviting them into a process of growth. And what it does is, is it creates, uh, fosters a, an environment and culture where people crave feedback so they can grow so they can be used to do all that God has on their life. And so we're living in just an amazing time. I'm, I'm seeing people rising up, the church rising up, um, and, and they're ready to do something. Um, but again, we need a healthy church, um, a, a transformed church. And 
transform people because only they can bring transformation. Come on. Wow. That is so powerful. And this whole thing of feedback, just, I, it's something we've, we've also seen Chris and just how, how important that is. And just as people experience healthy feedback, like you're saying, they do begin to crave it. They begin to even ask like, Hey, how did you feel about this? How did, you know, because now that they know it's safe and that it's actually a good thing now. And, uh, it's something we try to build in as I give people responsibility. I let them know, Hey, like, you know, after you do this, we'll, we'll meet afterwards and talk. And this is just something we always do. And so it takes it from being this big correction of, what you did wrong to actually just part of i love you and this is healthy and i'm going to throw out a ton of encouragement at you um i'm an exhorter so what was hard for me was getting where i would really give honest feedback and be willing to really give that correction um when i first started pastoring i i would people would come in who needed some constructive feedback and i would try to just encourage them enough. I just thought that if you throw enough encouragement at someone, they'll eventually get it. And I, re- I eventually had to realize like, no, you got to get to the point. <laughs> and you got to give good feedback. And uh, so I, I love, I love what you've shared, Chris. Well, hey, would you, would you pray for us? Would you pray for leaders who are watching this today just for for revelation ideas, uh, for the level of empowerment um, in the culture, the people that we lead. Uh, would you just pray for us, Chris, as, as we close this out today? Yeah. Well, Father, I just thank you for this group. I thank you for Leaders Alliance, every person that will hear this. I thank you for how you're moving uh, in your church and throughout the earth right now. Uh, and we just speak that hope would begin to arise. You can't bring what you don't carry and that hope would arise that we have the expectation of good because you are good we carry you so i thank you that you are calling us uh, to come awake and alive every one of us that you you're teaching us the kingdom that we carry the kingdom the kingdom is here now and that it's time to get outside the four walls to become involved engaged so I just pray for, um, first of all, that our eyes would be open, we'd, we'd come awake and alive to what you're doing, what you're saying, what you're seeing, um, and, and we would carry that. And I thank you for uh, unlocking creative ideas, solutions, strategies, inventions, uh, yes. that creative voices would arise right now to shape the narrative of the next generation, uh, that we would learn uh, wisdom in how to be overt and covert with the kingdom with the gospel that not everything has to be in everybody's face but we can come in and serve culture society our spheres we can serve our business um, our community uh, just in walking in love that that the fruit of the spirit would just be so evident and pouring out of us Um, I, i just ask for a spirit of cooperation and unity to come over your people right now like never before, that we would understand uh, the kingdom and what we're building is your kingdom, not our own kingdom. 
Um, I just I just speak for walls to come down right now. Anything that divides yes. us, that we would begin to see the value in one another. We'd be able to honor one another um, and, and see what each other carries and to realize that we, we need what each other has inside and outside the walls. And then I just pray for courageous people to arise, to not be afraid of what anybody thinks or says, uh, but led by the Spirit that are courageous to, to speak when they're supposed to speak, to act when they're supposed to act, and to go out and make a difference. We thank you that your kingdom is so transforming and it works everywhere. And it's so good. It works for the benefit of people to come to the knowledge that you are a good God. So we just speak a release over the body of Christ right now to engage, to rise up, to unify, and to mobilize, to take the kingdom of heaven and bring it to earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Wow. Thank you so much, Chris, for sharing this today. I feel so encouraged. Uh, I love I love the way you take kingdom principles like this and you, you make them so simple and clear. And uh, I don't know if you've, even thought about writing a book about some. I just feel like you, you've got, it's, I, I just feel like what you carry is so needed in the body of Christ right now. So I've got seven outlines right now. <laughs> that, that's my problem too. I have six on my computer that I've got to finish one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Grace. <laughs> so, well, well once again, if, so if anybody much. does want to, connect yes. or I can help in any way um, they, they go to metronsolutions.com we've got some more information and way to uh, connect and we just love to have the conversation and do anything we can to kind of help uh, the, the church kind of awaken and rise so feel free to reach awesome. out metronsolutions.com it was there on the screen thank you all for joining us today bless you and we're just so thankful for what the Lord's building here in, in Leaders Alliance and the way that he's bringing revival and reformation in the church today. So we bless you.